How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Hour number two on a Sunday get-together here on CBS Sports Radio. Jordan Mack coming your way live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. These are challenging times, and Rocket Mortgage is prepared to help. If you need mortgage assistance, contact their team 24-7 at rocketmortgage.com. From their home to yours, the team at Rocket Mortgage is with you. Here with us to start our number two is a former NFL offensive lineman, spent 10 years plus in the league, turned NFL analyst, working these days for the NFL Network, Compass Media, Entercom Radio. Our buddy Brian Baldinger joins us here on CBS Sports Radio. How you hanging, Baldy? Uh, things are good, Jody. Things are good right now. You know, we're... Uh... You know, we're in discussions about, you know, what we're going to do and how we're going to get started and when we're going to get started. And so I think everybody's kind of kind of hanging on their seats right here, seeing what's going to happen. we got a, still three and a half months left to go, but I think everybody feels somewhat optimistic at this point. Now, you and I have talked a couple times during the offseason, and I think we were mm-hmm. on the same page of applauding the NFL for going on because they could with business as usual. They, uh, the luck of the calendar fell to them in that they were in their off season while we're all dealing with the coronavirus, and they had free agency, and they had the NFL draft, and they've been able mm-hmm. to proceed even though some people thought it was something they should have put off. I didn't. I don't believe you did. So we applaud the NFL for everything they've done. Here's one question I have for you, and they came out with their schedule. Well, let me two questions for you. The first one is not as important as the second. You, why did they feel the need to come out with four preseason games? Do you think there is any chance whatsoever in your lifetime this this year for us to play four preseason games per team? No, I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen, Jody. I think they're going to use that time to try to buy time. I think it's just you know formulaic. You know, it's just a formula and. Uh, you know, the Eagles have been playing the Jets in fourth preseason game for as long as I can remember right now. <laughs> um, that, that's all it is. I mean, I, I think that, you know, they're going to try to basically take as much. I mean, I've talked to various personnel people around the league and a lot of players, how much time they would actually need to be ready to kick things off on Thursday night, September 10th. And, you know, there's there's coaches, general managers, personnel people that believe the last week in August, you could get together at a camp and you could be ready to kick off, you know, in anywhere from, you know, say 15 to, to 20 days of preparation, which might include a game, maybe some scrimmages. Uh, but I think they could kind of ratchet it up pretty quickly 
uh, just judging by what a lot of players are already doing this offseason. You and I see that uh, a lot the same. There's no way they're going to play preseason. Maybe one per team, and that will be it. But you're right. They're trying to stay the course, uh, stick to a formula if you uh, so desire. But the one thing they haven't done yet, and I'm surprised they haven't, and maybe they will soon, and if they do, maybe they'll keep it under wraps. We're dealing right now in Major League Baseball with a negotiation between the players and the owners because time is going to be missed. They're going to have to shrink the baseball season, and there's a really good chance they're going to have to open with no fans in the stands. I know the NFL, Troy Vincent came out yesterday, said NFL fully believes they're going to have fans in their stands, full stadiums when the season starts. I think that's optimistic, too. Do they not want to have tentative conversations that if there aren't fans in the stands and if revenues aren't what they're supposed to be, are the players still going to get paid full rate and or are the owners going to have a problem with that? Uh, all those questions are to be determined, Jody. I mean, they're, they're great questions, and they have. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure the discussions have been ongoing between the union and uh, and the NFL up there on Park Avenue. However, I, I do believe the NFL is going to learn a great deal. I mean, whether it is watching the Bundesliga on FS1 on weekends in front of no fans, what baseball does, and how they do it. And I think whether it's, you know, the NBA or the NBA coming back for playoffs or hockey coming back for playoffs, the way those – I think they get a chance to really learn from the mistakes and from the things that they do well all along the way. I mean, I think they will be paying attention uh, like anybody – like they have never paid attention before to kind of learn what they can, what they're capable of doing, how fans respond. I mean, I think they're just going to learn to use this as, as a template to see what they can do. Now, that being said, um, I think Troy Vincent, you know, when he came out and said that, I think he's, he's overly optimistic at this point. But I do think there's contingency plans, you know, whether it's a quarter full right now, Jody, a half full. I, mean, I, I heard the Dolphins talking two weeks ago about, you know, 15,000 fans in a game. All right. I mean, that's, that's a start. So it really depends. I think a lot has to be determined yet by the number of fans. And I think if, it's, if, if they got to the point, even by midseason, Joe, where it was half full, just the stadium's half full, with the television revenue and other income streams, I think the NFL could still pay full salaries at this point. Well, that'd be a good thing for the players if you're right about that. Brian Baldinger, NFL analyst, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, football is going to be the toughest sell to the dissenter of us not being more cautious going forward. And the country Mm -hmm. is opening up and different governors are relaxing their stances. Shoot, Governor Cuomo in New York, where it was probably the most hard state of all the states, just today okayed the return of working out by professional teams. Now, the Jets and Giants are both in Jersey, but and you're an NFL guy, but just the fact that Cuomo, who had as many cases to deal with and was more burdened than maybe any other governor, is leaning toward us reopening. It doesn't mean that all the fans are going to feel the same way. And there are some that are, aren't going to like the fact that the National Football League is retaking the field. Will there be a pinch with NFL fans? Because... There's no way you can have social distancing playing football. It can't be done, Baldy. No, but you, you know, we're finding out that, you know, social distancing, when you look at, you know, some of the states that have opened and some of the events that are going on, isn't really taking place. 
um, you know, in a lot of places. Now, uh, you can't social distance and, uh, you know, play NFL football. Um, that, that's not going to happen. I, you know, I, I think there's going to be a lot more to be learned about the virus between now and September 10th, Jody, Hopefully. that might go in the direction of contact the players. I've talked to players, Jody, even, you know, up until this past week, um, in a, in a, from a variety of teams. And now there's a, a variety of opinions, just like there are amongst uh, citizens right now. I mean, there's some players that I'm going back to play. I'm ready to play. You know, and then there's some there isn't. But, like, I've, I've been in strikes, Jody, in 82 and 87, when some players like, I, I'm not crossing the picket line. Uh, you know, I'm not playing. And then some said, man, I'm going to get my check. I'm playing. I mean, I don't know that you're going to get a consensus on any of this at this point by fans or players. But I think that they have to make a ruling and a decision. And, you know, for, I think for fans, Jody, I mean, I've already, you know, we've already heard um, a variety of opinions, mask, no mask. I mean, just something as simple as that. I mean, we can't really agree on that. And it's almost to the point where if you believe that the mask helps and it makes you feel safer and we should do it, then do it. And then there's people out there that are saying, I just don't think it makes a difference. The CDC said it didn't make a difference at one point. They changed their tune. So I think you're going to get a variety of opinions all the way through here, Jody. But I know this. I believe that the majority of sport fans, not necessarily all Americans, but sport fans, want football to be played. Brian Baldwin, you're here with us on CBS Sports Radio. All right, uh, much like me, it's been more than just a couple of years since you were matriculating in college. Uh, The NFL is, while it's fun and while it's a great pastime and it's something we all get very passionate about, it's a business. Uh, Team owners own a team. They sign big TV contracts. They pay players a lot of money. Uh, While it is sport and our enjoyment, it is a business. College football is supposed to be a little different. Um, these aren't players that are getting paid. It's supposed to be for the love of the alma mater. And, yes, you get a scholarship, but you aren't uh, in a business like they are in the National Football League. And there are very few universities that have even said that they're planning on opening their campus come September, that they may continue on with virtual classes and doing work at uh, home with the computer rather than being in a classroom or on campus. Um, the college football powers that be have been kind of tight-lipped, kind of like the NFL on certain topics, others not so much. How big an effect does that have on the NFL if college football is either disrupted and or postponed for a year? Well, I'm sure you saw, you know, a couple weeks ago, Jody, where uh, there was some consideration, uh, it looks like the NFL shot this down, that if they don't play uh, a college season this year, or a college season is pushed back, that the NFL would be prepared to play on Saturdays and fill that void. Now, I think that could still be in play. I, mean, I don't think it would be. I mean, I know people plan their games and plan their weekends and everything, um, you know, around a lot of this stuff. And it would be uh, a little bit of a disruption for anybody. But I could see the NFL moving some games to Saturday, possibly, to fill the void. Now, I, I, you know, they, it, it looked like they shot that idea down. But, I, I mean, that's something that could be revisited if the, NFL, if the college season doesn't play. I've talked to college players, Jody, that still have, you know, tenure at their schools. 
and they have said that you know there is plans in certain you know to play even if the school isn't in session. Now, I, you know that 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 would be you said it was tight lipped. Um, you know, it may very well be tight lipped, but I'm sure they're looking at that. You know, especially in the SEC, going, man, we got you know <laughs> we got huge business and huge television contracts that pay a great deal of uh, really the entire athletic department's budget is coming from uh, football and basketball, especially football in a lot of the big schools. And so there is a huge revenue stream that would be discontinued. That would be a huge strain on all colleges if they can't play. So that's something that still has to be determined yet. We still have a lot of time, but you know, these colleges get ready to go, you know, go back and start practicing around the same time the NFL teams do, sometime in early August. Brian Boulding, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, a couple 2020 NFL questions, and then uh, I want you to chime in on a topic we use in hour one of my show tonight. Um, new rule in the NFL, the 4th and 15 alternative instead of the onside kick. They're saying that they may open it up to teams that even have the lead. If they do so, does that they want to pile it on and just frustrate a team and not give them the ball back? That they may be willing to do that. They're trying to de-emphasize kicking in all ways and shapes and forms in the NFL. When they stop the, you could overload one side. The percentage chance of converting an onside kick went down so far. That's why they've uh, taken this uh, under consideration. Good thing, bad thing, indifferent thing as to uh, this. I guess it's going to end up being a non-drastic change, but just the the way that it's changed football, football's changed over the last 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years. How big a deal is this uh, wiping out the onside kick? Well, you know, what, what it's really going to, Jody, yeah, they're not ready to do this yet, but it's coming. And there's really no stopping it. I mean, they're going to put the ball to 20 or 25, and you're just going to start your next series. And I, I believe that the kicking game is is almost going to go away, you know, especially the kickoff. I mean, I, I know the importance of it, and I know how that kind of gets things started. And But I can see them just putting the ball to 25 like they do in overtime in college sports, and uh, you start to 25. I, I can see the NFL just eliminating the kickoff altogether sometime probably pretty soon. And this uh, onside kick alternative, I think, could be very intriguing and could get some fans uh, worked up during the uh, year, which will only make the game more interesting. All right, on-field stuff. Um, again, I know I will acknowledge I have no inside information. You may or may not. There have been a couple of rumors floating on the conversations between Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys Seems like the Cowboys have put, if these reports are accurate, and again, one side's leaking, the other one isn't. Who knows what's actually fact or not, but at least as per reports, Cowboys have been pretty generous and pretty aggressive in trying to get Dak signed. Hasn't gotten done yet. He hasn't signed his franchise tag yet. Is there going to be an issue in Dallas this year? Could uh, he sit out to start the season? How ugly do you think it's going to be? Cowboys usually get these things done, but is this different? Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, it, it, it took a long time to get the, the Zeke Elliott deal done. They got it done. Um, I thought it was a little bit backwards, and it wasn't a, a knock on Zeke at all, but normally you get the quarterback done first, and then you figure out how to 
to work your cap space to get, you know, your next most important player, your running back done. Now, you know, Dallas did it backwards. And so the clock just keeps ticking, Jody. And that's the problem. It's like what happened to Kirk Cousins in Washington. It, it, it became just unaffordable. I mean, he's guaranteed $31 million by a franchise tag this year. It goes up, I don't know, 10 or 15% next year. It's at 38, 38 you know, million. I mean, that, you're at almost $70 million right there. Um, if you just play the franchise tag out. And so, you know, when they say, well, it's going to be over $35 million and, you know, they're going for $45 million, well, that's where the numbers are going to go if you just keep franchise tagging them. And so at some point, if you want to lock them up, that's the number that it's going to take. It's not going to be less. And so Andy Dalton is there as, you know, probably a, a pretty good insurance policy in case things don't work out right now. Yeah, it's always a good signing by the Cowboys. That is a damn good safety net. All right, um, one last thing. Um, I did this in the first hour of my show. We got off on a goat tangency, greatest of all time. Yeah. Brian Boulding, his opinion. Who's the greatest football player of all time? Mm. Well, I mean, I guess, you know, I mean, it's hard to say – to go against Jim Brown, I mean, that was an era that was a little bit different than any other era. But, I, I mean, if you just say, okay, who dominated more than any other player? I mean, I, I, you know, you obviously you go down that rabbit hole, Jody, it, it kind of takes different tangents of how you determine the best. But if you say, okay, I always kind of think of the best player in the league, who dominated, like Darrell Revis in 2009 was the best football player in the NFL. Nobody dominated the league at any position like Darrell Revis did for that year. But if you go, okay, Jim Brown dominated the NFL for almost a decade. You know, you got to say, like, was there a better football player than Jim Brown? Uh, you know, I mean, that's probably where I would go with it. Now, you could say Lawrence Taylor, you could say Tom Brady, and, you know, Peyton Manning. You can say a lot of different players who have dominated for a long stretch over a decade, decade and a half for Tom Brady. Uh, but, I mean, it's it's hard for me at that question, and the first thing that pops in my head is Jim Brown, and Jim I can't Brown? talk myself okay. out of it. That's not bad. Uh, he would be my number two behind a guy you didn't mention. This guy Rice, you might have heard of him, played wide receiver. Okay, up yeah, yeah, well, there we go. Uh, yep. He would be I mean, my number one. Jim, Jim, uh, Jim Brown would be my number two. But it's good. That's what this is all about, debate. Yeah. All right. This one, I think, is even more debatable than that. Which is the greatest franchise in the history of the NFL? Well, you know, there's Town USA and Green Bay. But to me, you know, I mean, the New England Patriots did it during free agency when they couldn't keep coaches or players together outside of the quarterback and a coach for almost two full decades. They've been to eight Super Bowls. They've won six. They've won the division ten years in a row. I, um, I, I, can't, I, I can't put anybody above the Patriots at this point. Oh, I just got a text from your old uh, buddies in Pittsburgh and said, don't ever come <laughs> home again. Uh, you, yeah. you didn't put Steelers at the top of the list. You're out. It says, stay yeah. in eastern Pennsylvania. Don't ever come back to western Pennsylvania, Baldwin. <laughs> well, I'm born in Pittsburgh. I got to return sometimes, Jody. You know, I mean, It's I, not happening obviously. after you didn't put the Steelers on the top of the list just now, yeah, pal. Your persona non grata. They got police waiting for you at the border. Don't ever think this you're is- going home. Listen, I, I, I'm going straight 
right through that Fort Pitt tunnel. Right? <laughs> I'm going to the, <laughs> they're not going to keep me out of going through that Fort Pitt tunnel right now. I ran down uh, the list of the uh, work you're doing before I introduced you, but you've also got another undertaking. You're doing individual scouting seminars online these days with my buddy yes. Rick Saratella from the NFL yes. Draft Bible. Tell me about this. Yeah, we're going we're to start tomorrow, Jody. It's going to be great. Uh, we start at noon tomorrow. Uh, we're doing it on Zoom. Uh, we, can, we can encompass up to 100 people. Um, I think we're like in the 40s on the first one here. It's Memorial Day, so we understand. But we wanted to kind of get started, and everybody else is doing the virtual thing. You know, they're doing uh, the digital thing right now, and we sure. just thought the time was right. Uh, I put together about 50 plays from Von Miller to J.J. Watt to Lane Johnson to Khalil Mack. I mean, just some of the best players at their positions and the techniques they use in order to beat the best opposition. And we're teaching, you know, via all these breakdowns that I've been doing for the last three years for the NFL. And uh, we're going to take them deep into a film study and just show just the real technicalities and the real, real toolbox that a lot of these players have as to why, you know, they're consistently so good and, at, and the best at their positions. All right. Sounds like uh, any uh... – Want to be scouts and or coaches who are looking for a little insight uh, could certainly benefit uh, that, if somebody. We're, we're catering to those people, Jody. We're catering to to young fans, to uh, you know fans that want to be more educated, to young players. It's kind of open to just about anybody that really loves the game and would like to get a little deeper understanding about the game. Sounds like great stuff. Baldy, appreciate you coming on board. Stay safe, my friend. I know you're still working out with guys down here in South Jersey. Keep that social distancing going. Uh, They'll be out there hitting somebody before you know it, but you don't have to do that anymore, pal. No, thank goodness, Jody. Baldy, always a pleasure. Thanks, brother. Thanks, Jody. appreciate it, buddy. See you, man. My pleasure. That is Brian Baldinger, former NFL offensive lineman. NFL Network, Compass Media, Intercom Radio, uh, doing it all every day on the media side. And, yes, all these breakdowns have become uh, a staple in the National Football League. And he's doing some uh, virtual coaching stuff and scouting stuff with my buddy Rick Saratella from NFL Draft Bible. You can get more information if you go there. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 